What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Rufus. We're back at it once again with another installment of the Rufus Rundown. Finally, been on a trend of consistency um, here with the rundown, as well as you know, I'm spending my time on the air with Holy Cross and Dean College as well. I mean, I think I had I had three calls on three consecutive days recently, so been trying to take care of business on the airwaves so appreciate you tuning in here if you haven't yet please be sure to remember to like and subscribe and follow if you're listening on any of the other places that you do get this podcast but uh again uh, i'm not sure if anybody saw the video that i posted on my social media streams as well which you guys should give me a follow on uh, at rufus rundown uh i think for the majority of those i think the rufus rundown for tiktok all the information will be below uh, in the bio of this video on YouTube, and then if you're over on Spotify, I think the Anchor page, the home page, uh, has all the information as well, but, you know, Rufus Rundown, pretty much you'll be able to find the home, and if not, the RufusRundown.com has all of those options as well, so, we're looking to advertise, I am looking to advertise uh, with the show, I'm looking to, um, whether it be sponsoring a segment, sponsoring equipment, ad reads, or actual advertisements on the show, um, I'm looking to do that, so I think that you know having you know segmenting this to certain breaks. If you want to sponsor a segment, we might do a specific segment. So if you're, you know, coming from a golf company perspective, you want to throw me some cash for uh, for talking about a golf segment, I would do that. If you want to talk about sponsoring equipment, like I might buy a piece, certain piece of equipment, like a microphone, uh, I would shout that out too. I would feature it on screen. I'd put your logo up there. Like we can talk specifically what we want. Uh, prices are not going to start at a crazy level, but that's just. Certain things I'm looking into, so please feel free to reach out, message me. Um, the email, I believe, uh, should be linked here. If you can't message me here, message me on social media at Rufus Rundown. Hit me up privately uh, as well. It should be Rufus Rundown at gmail.com, should be the email as well. So please be sure to reach out there. Uh, but overall, yeah, that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to expand, continue to grow the show. I'm looking to grow with a business. It's not just that I'm looking to just make money myself, I want to grow. With businesses, I want to you know talk it through with people, and I'm not looking for an incredible amount. I think, and I think what I do provide with the over 600 subscribers that I have, and the video views that I can get between this and with short videos, I should surely be able to help a business. So let's grow together, grow with the Rufus Rundown. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to do. So uh, also on top of this show, I'm going to be dropping tonight, probably during Thursday night footballs when this is going to go live. Um, I have an upcoming World Series preview with Andrew Winnie as well. Two of my co-workers at Holy Cross and a former Division One baseball player uh, over with the Crusaders. going to join me to talk about the World Series. Now he's a Phillies fan, so little, um, probably a little bit on the, on the sad side. But we're going to get um, his thoughts on that as well, too, and some specific baseball talk for that episode. But with this one, we have, again, we have another installment of 3-Up, three 3-Down three with the NFL power rankings as well as talking a little bit about the nba and my season predictions of course a lot of it kicking off the last couple nights so we'll be talking about that as well also a couple of other things to to talk about in terms of um the the michigan football well michigan state doing one thing and michigan doing a whole nother um uh, that is worth talking about as well of course um jack mack over on twitter as well too he's been a big part of that Michigan deal, but I'm going to start it off with three up, three down. This NFL week overall, starting on a Thursday night as a Saints fan, 
Um, incredibly, incredibly depressing uh, for myself. Uh, the Saints continue to be a dumpster fire. The NFC South continues to be a dumpster fire. I mean, we're seventh in scoring defense. We have just zero creativity on offense. Foster Moreau, even when we did finally put something together, uh, dropping a wide-open touchdown. So quite depressing there. Uh, but, you know, like I said, at least the rest of the NFC South is going to continue to be a dumpster fire. And I think anybody that the first team to get to a positive record, I think 9-8, and eight will probably take that division. So, hey, get in the dance. You see what happens. Uh, the other thing, too, Tyson Bajan doesn't just doing the damn thing. Just doesn't care. D- division 2 cat, undrafted. Um, now just he looked cool, calm, and composed and just doing his thing. His, his dad was a professional arm wrestler. He was ready to just crossfit his life away and just work at the high school. Um, was pretty, you know, pretty sure that he was, you know, making his last ever uh, start. You know, he was going to give the NFL a shot, but he was making his first, uh, his last ever start at, at his time uh, in Division Two. But you know, eventually getting this this chance to do it in the NFL and uh, winning in that start because the you know the Raiders just going to do what the Raiders do. They continue to be a dumpster fire themselves. Um, and overall, too, defenses, you know, they might have started slow. Might have seen some crazy offensive performances like the Miami Dolphins and other teams as well. But overall. Uh, defenses have settled in, and they, you know, they're showing up. They're certainly showing up out there, um, and it's certainly progressed. You know, with the teams that we're going to see in these power rankings, starting off in the three up, three down team that has, I think, moved up the most in terms of uh, what I would consider a Super Bowl bubble. Baltimore Ravens statement win over a really talented Lions team. Now, on the flip of that, the Lions are going to be, you know, tease here the method of the. You know, hold three up, three down, as you would go three up, then the three down. But um, I'm going to kind of, you know, work these two together. First, top team that, you know, in terms of impress me, the Ravens. Statement win. Statement win over a really talented Lions team. Uh, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson, when he's on and healthy, did someone to look out for. Uh, and the defense has played well. I mean, they are the first in scoring defense in the NFL. On the flip, the Detroit Lions, I, I don't even know what to categorize that loss as I, I don't know um again this was a game that i thought was going to be a statement win for them it was my lock of the week my number one lock i'm um, sure they can bounce back but i just they had a prove it game at a point in this season where they really really could have been in the conversation i thought this was a super bowl team i thought this is a prove it win for them um and now i look like a complete idiot so i you know hats off to you know, the Detroit Lions are making me look like I have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, hoping that they can turn it around so I still don't look to continue to look like a complete idiot. But who knows? It is the Detroit Lions. Uh, again, like, sure, they can bounce back. They can. But it's going to be, uh, you know, if, and if they kept it close, too, I would have a different tune, too, right? I mean, if they had actually kept it in the ballpark with Baltimore. Uh, but, no, they, it wasn't even remotely close. It was miserable, and it was a, fa- a failure, a complete and utter failure in every aspect of the game of football. And it's going to take me a while, and I'm sure a lot of other people too, if they even were at that point, to begin to take them seriously again. I am not taking them seriously for some time. I just cannot believe how much of a disaster that performance was for them, and it's quite, quite unfortunate. So yeah, overall, uh, Detroit Lions, absolutely depressing. But on the other end too, it's still there's still a really talented football team. They have played really well at this point. So all things considered for the Ravens to do what they were able to do to have the game plan to have the preparation to show up for that game the way they did it's been a really line this has been a really good Lions team it's a Lions team that beat the Chiefs early in the season given it was week one like still they have had some big wins they have proven themselves as one of the more talented rosters in the league 
um, and, and the Ravens ran him out of the building. Like I said, sometimes it can just not be your day, and sometimes it can be. Um, but it looks like that they have kind of revived MVP Lamar Jackson. Like I said, the defense is solid. First in scoring defense overall, certainly over the period of time, like they have settled in. They, the Ravens have always been known for the defense, and you know they have developed this this system finally around Lamar, where it's making him look really good, regardless of the receivers that he has. I mean. I think Odell was a big thing. Zay Flowers kind of opens it up for him. But overall, it looks like they finally have a more comfortable Lamar Jackson and a healthy Lamar Jackson for the time being to make plays for them. Uh, so we'll transition that into the second three-up, which is hard to think if the Chiefs can continue to go up in terms of what you would think. Uh, but overall, considering how teams have fallen, I would say that the Kansas City Chiefs have solidified themselves as a Super Bowl favorite once again. Defense playing very well, second in scoring defense, which is not something you would expect to hear out of these Chiefs teams because for those periods of time where Mahomes would just be winning in shoot, shootouts, uh, hasn't necessarily been the case this year. The defense has been really, really good. Uh, built up with a lot of young guys they've drafted very well in Kansas City. Um, and, you know, obviously Pat Mahomes is going to do his thing, but, but when you're not when you're paying him all that money and you don't have like the receiver talent, obviously you're going to need uh, the defense to step up, and they have. They've been able to get the ball back to Pat Mahomes, and Pat Mahomes has been able to do his thing. Uh, the Taylor Travis effect is is still a thing. He's more than doubling his yardage when she's in attendance, which I believe Micah Parsons was either live stream. It was I believe he was live stream when he talked about it, how there's a different you know perspective as an athlete when you know that there, there's a female, there's a good-looking female up in the stands that's there for you, what it, what it does to your uh, psychology, and that can be studied. But Andy Reid's here for it, uh, Andy Reed's here for it too. Um all for it, considering his production. So, again, I'm not a big fan of it being on my screen every two seconds. Uh, Al Michaels, neither is he. He came out with comments saying, like, we're not covering it. We're not doing it. That's all good and well. But at the end of the day, like, it's going to sell tickets. It's going to bring in different viewers for the NFL. That works for them. And if the Chiefs keep winning uh, and Travis Kelsey keeps performing, I don't really think uh, from the football side of things we can complain about it too much other than just having to complain about, a bunch of Swifties having to now be interested in the NFL. I mean, if that and if that doesn't bother you, and you don't specifically, you know, lean that way to having people on social media ask uh, what would we consider dumb questions, then just you know, just move on with life. You'd have nothing to really particularly complain about if it's not affecting the results of your team. Which, if you're a Chiefs fan, or if you're not the NFL overall, other than having to see Taylor on your screen every other five seconds, you're pretty much good. So if they can tone that down. I see no issue with it because you know, obviously, everything's working for. All the parties involved, unless she has to deal with Jackson Mahomes, which that's a totally different story. I feel bad for her. Does she doesn't deserve that? But yeah, obviously, overall, the Chiefs' defense has been something to watch for from them. Only trailing behind to the Ravens, so these being pretty much some of the top teams uh, in that Super Bowl bubble right now. And then you know we're gonna go to what I would consider the ending team of the three up, the Seattle Seahawks. Now they only did beat the Cardinals, and it really wasn't like. That incredible of a game, considering it was twenty to ten, but you know they still cover the spread. They have the number one scoring defense over the last three weeks. They have a run game. They have multiple running backs. They uh, have a quarterback that is a veteran and can play mistake-free ball. I didn't like uh, the loss that they had to the Bengals, considering their pass protection broke down. But they just they draft well. I think it was Colin Cowherd that put a graphic out there saying like you know seats at the adult table, teams that draft well, teams that handle uh, their business well overall. And they don't, like, just have these, like, huge destructive failures at the helm. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs also being one of those, they've been able to put together really good teams with you know, really good young defenders and putting the right weapons even at, at the right price around a guy like Patrick Mahomes. And uh, the same to be said for the Seahawks. The Geno Smith thing has worked out for them. They paid him the right amount. 
They bring in guys like Witherspoon, and they've drafted well um, in the backfield, even if it wasn't those the, the first, the top-round guys that have done it. They've found players that are able to do it. They've drafted in the receiver room well with Smith and Jigba, uh, finally getting the end zone and doing damage. I mean, you know, DK went healthy, obviously. Uh, they, they've really done a good job overall drafting that ro- with that roster, and Pete Carroll's really overcome a lot of expectations that were not there for him in the recent years. I mean, of course, you're trying to still overcome that uh, huge mistake that was made in the Super Bowl with the decision uh, to throw it there. But overall, um, they have really still drafted well since then. They've been able to main um, a serious, be a sim- serious symbol of success in the NFL and consistency. And while it might not be uh, relating to a ton of Super Bowls, we can't compare everything to Super Bowls because the Patriots are an outlier in what they've done. Uh, they did get a bowl at the time of Russell Wilson. You look at how bad Russell Wilson has looked with Denver. You look at what he looked like with Seattle. You look at how they've drafted since, how they handled that entire trade and what they've been able to um, take away from that and the value they've been able to get out of that. It's incredibly impressive, and it's why they're one of the more impressive, especially with the 49ers uh, falling injury-wise, they're one of the more impressive teams. But you look at how well the those def- like in terms of like I, I didn't do that on purpose, but I, I did my research after. But I you know when I picked the three teams off the top of my head that I think have really moved up the most in my mind in terms of you know proving something to me in that last week. I mean you're taking teams that were already good. You like to think that last week it was teams that were really moving up in that way, like the Browns and such. But like these teams impressed me this week and what they did and what. Uh, the Chiefs were able to do against the Chargers. The Ravens were able to do against the Lions. And overall, the Seahawks, while it was not really a talented Cardinals team, they respond to a tough. They they play and they cover the spread in a tough, uh, would be considered a tough con- division game. Uh, they're coming off a tough loss. Overall, handled themselves well. And again, they have some of the best scoring defenses uh, in the league. So you can look at yardage, look at how they're doing, forcing turnovers. At the end of the day, like they're sco- they're not their their defense is finding a way to get off the field, allow the offense to do their thing, and they're not. Being run out of the building, not competing in shootouts. There's a lot of sustainability to what these teams do, and it's why they've impressed me the most. Now, looking at the three down, we've already covered why the Lions were just an abysmal failure. And back to um, the, the, I mean, I don't know if they were ever doing the paper bags over their heads, but I mean, after a performance like that, you certainly uh, wouldn't have held it against anybody. That is for sure. Um, but looking at the rest of the two down, this is this is a repeat team now in three up, three down. Repeat team here with the Buffalo Bills. What are we doing? What the, the, One of the more disappointing teams of the year so far. We talked about this with Chris Kostic. Myself, I've covered it. They were, they've been disappointing. Uh, they've been sliding down for me. And then now they go out and lose to the Patriots. Now, we're the Patriots. One of my teams to lock in this week in terms of betting them to cover the spread uh, absolutely, absolutely were, uh, you know, but they dropped to four and three, they were one of the Patriots when I lost to cover the spread, I, I saw a close game, I did not see this, so, uh, again, they've just been disappointing, I, I do not think that they have good team chemistry, and I don't know who, who that's at the fault of yet, um, this is not a well-coached team, this is not a close bonding team, uh, they are throwing away an inte- incredibly talented quarterback in Josh Allen, who I'm not entirely sure is innocent in all this yet, but there's only so much he can do amongst the dysfunction, but his decision-making has certainly not been that good. Overall, statistics still rather supportive, but I saw something that, again, I don't know if it's something I've touched about in the past podcast, but I've looked at it, and, you know, he's only as good as the quarterback that he plays. So he plays down to competition, and then, but it really shows up for the big ones. Uh, he's really living off of this, you know, if it was a different coin flip, they might have gone to the Super Bowl 
but that is well in the past now. Like you have to find a way to respond to that, and this Bills team has not. Again, I'm really starting to question the coaching of McDermott, their preparation. They, it seems like they play down to opponents a lot, and that comes down to a coaching thing, in my opinion, being able to get you guys up to play week in, week out, regardless of how much more talented you are than a certain team you're going to face. Um, they haven't done that. I can see a lot of uh, disconnection and really a lot of friction on the sidelines. And again, you might be reading too much into it. You might be just maybe I'm just reading into the entertainment factor that the league tries to throw out there at you. But overall, this has not looked like a team that's on the same page. I'm not ready to put them on a complete fraud alert yet. But the expectation for this Bills team year in year out with this quarterback should be a Super Bowl. Should be you know competing for where they have to deal with Mahomes going there. You have one of the best quarter. You have a top five quarterback in the NFL, arguably one, two, or three. Uh, considering you know, when Burrow is healthy, you have Lamar who's healthy now too, trying to get himself back in the conversation. Uh, but the likes of those guys, also other guys performing up to the level too with Hurts, uh, with Goff, with Matt Stafford, who's you know aging, but still there's a lot of different names you can throw in there in the top ten. But in terms of like having you know top tier quarterback talent, in terms of guys that are special, Josh Allen is up there. His his decision making has, has you know truthfully held him back. Um, again, there's some cohesiveness issues too in terms of the running game and the reliability on him and ability to run the ball. Otherwise. And overall, maybe just trying to make the big play too much. Is he going to be able to maintain the discipline to hit the checkdowns and work drives? I mean, Stephon Diggs, fantastic receiver. You have other weapons to use there. Knox going to be hurt, but you have a guy that you drafted in Dalton Kincaid. I, I don't particularly like there. It, it, there's not. It, what's the route? I, I don't know if the route is a. I don't think the route's a play calling thing. I don't think the route. Is, I think it's like it's internally. It's a locker room thing. I think it's a coaching thing, and I don't think it's like an X's and O's thing. I think it's really just a, a, a team culture thing. And I don't know if this is something you can fix because I think it's already been going down. I think it's been trending in a downward in a downward direction. I don't think that's something you can fix with a trade. I don't think that's something you can fix with some signings. I don't think that's something you can fix within a season. Uh, as unfortunate as it may be, it's something that can really heat up too quickly and kind of explode in your face. And I don't know if that's the route that the Bills are going because they were able to beat a good Dolphins team again. But like when you're playing down the competition and playing up to good competition, playing down to bad competition, it comes down to a coach and then it comes down to a team culture thing and that comes down to leadership too. So that's not – Josh Allen is not innocent in this. His ability is fantastic. But as a leader, he needs to perform at a different level too. And that includes his decision-making on the field. And that includes his leadership ability to lead a team against teams that are not as talented as them, which he has not been able to do early in his career. So that, you know, you know, cohesiveness with that and the coaching staff has not been on display at all. And it's something that they're certainly uh, going to have to adjust. I, I just don't think they're going to have time to do it in season. And it might even take a while in a couple off-seasons, which is why they very well might have already wasted a window that they have with Josh Allen to go to a Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl. So only time will tell, but th- that's where I sit from my perspective looking at the Buffalo Bills and um, what they haven't been able to achieve and what they should be doing. Uh, last but not least, the Los Angeles Chargers, which, you know, speaking of being outcoached and speaking of wasting a talented quarterback, the Chargers are doing just that too. And again, Brandon Staley, I don't think Sean McDermott's getting on the Brandon Staley level in terms of what he's done early in his career and why I, I still don't understand why Brandon Staley is an employed with this Chargers team. I guess it's easier to sit here and for me to say that, but I, I'm not, and I'm not sure if we've entered, you know, I, likewise with Allen. They're in various situations, except that the Bills have had more success and they haven't exactly fallen off as much to having a below 500 record as the Chargers have and have missed playoffs appearances and have missed the playoffs. Um, but um, have we entered the Josh Allen, Justin Herbert is overrated era? We, I mean, more or less, I think we're getting closer to the Herbert is overrated era, but I, I don't think we're there yet for both of these guys. 
but it is certainly we're working towards that discussion, right? That these guys might not be what we thought they were. Um, doesn't help that he has Brandon Staley. You can only do so much as a quarterback to beat the coaching that you're actually dealing with. So, like that, that is an aspect of it too. There is only so much you can do to outplay bad coaching, but there's also a certain responsibility that falls when you're the most important position in the field. That is a leadership position in itself to take control. You know, there can be a lot going on, but you know, I don't think I think there was I don't think ever, everything was ever perfect when Tom Brady was doing it, and he still was able to win seven Super Bowls in his career. So, again, maybe the outlier there, but there's plenty of talented quarterbacks, plenty of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that be able to do, deal uh, with a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and it's on their but it's still on their shoulders because they're the ones out there that are really making uh, the meaningful plays, and it's something that I think that uh, they're gonna have to you know check themselves with Josh Allen, Justin Herbert included, but. More specifically to the conversation of the Chargers, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to just rag on Brandon Staley all the time. I mean, you could, and we probably have, and I have. I know everybody will, but they're bottom 10 in terms of scoring defense. He was a defensive coordinator. So, like, if you have a super talented quarterback, there's just no excuse to have a bottom 10 scoring defense. You should be able to build a super talent. You should be able to build up a defense, whether it be based off of talent or based off of scheme, based off of just anything you need to have, if you're a defensive head coach, you need to have, if you have a good, regardless of your relationship with the quarterback, you need to be able to put a defense around him. You need to make sure your guy's on the field. They, other teams find ways to just keep Herbert off the field. It keeps him out of his rhythm. They put pressure on him. Again, you have, you know, they make the move for Khalil Mack. They've been able to make certain moves. Of course, the J.C. Jackson thing didn't work out, but at the end, of, you have uh, playmakers like Derwin James, Joey Boza, Khalil Mack, as I mentioned, um, and then you, you just have to find a way. You, there's no, they have the junior there too in the secondary, and I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name, but it'll 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 come to me. Um, but yeah, I just I don't understand where how he still is there because like the defense has not improved. He's a defensive head coach, so the defense has not improved. Of course, you have certain games where people go off, but in the day the defense has not improved around a super talented quarterback. Now you can say he's overrated too, but even then, still he's better than most. And with him being better than most, you need to find a way to put that defense around him. Staley has not done that at all. Uh, it's struggle, it's just not good. Not good. It's, it's trouble there. I don't know how they're going to end up fixing it. I mean, because, like, it could get worse. It's the thing. You don't know. Like, it's either, either the evil you know or the evil you don't know with bringing another coach in and bringing another system in. And, and they've already paid this guy. So they have to find a way to maximize the opportunities for a guy that's going to be pretty much either already in his prime or entering his prime. It's a very tough division. The Broncos have not been successful. The Raiders are not going to do any damage as well. So how do you compete with a team like the Chiefs? And they're going to take some blows too. You just have to find a way to do better than what you've been doing. Um, I think, you know, putting together a better defense. I mean, you look at the defenses of these other squads, and I think having a offense that doesn't turn the ball over, having a consistent, sustainable offense with a strong O-line, um, and good decision-making from your quarterback takes pressure off that defense. That's even looking uh, at the Bills in terms of what they've done this season. Uh, overall, they're fifth in scoring defense. And when you look at the last couple weeks, though, uh, they're fifth overall on the season in scoring defense. And, you know, they dip way well down outside of, the, I think, I'd say arguably the top 15 in terms of their last two weeks. The defense falling off, which is why they're mainly falling off. And, of course, it's there's, there's outliers, too. There's things that skew uh, those results in terms of, uh, that scoring defense, and there's also the pick sixes, and there's picks that they throw, so that is a factor in it as well. But 
overall. You have a defensive head coach. You have a super talented quarterback. You have a loaded team overall in terms of talent. There is no excuse to be where they are at in their season overall in this point um, of the tenure of Brandon Staley. There's just no there's just no excuses anymore to to be where they're at and it's where they're stuck. And I just don't know how much longer he has. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's something they're going to be able to fix uh, mid season. But you know, maybe it is. I, you don't know unless you try uh, in that sense. But sitting at two and four, I mean, I'm sure they have a chance to go up above uh, the Raiders as well. But again, they're, they're giving up a lot of points. Scoring defense is not good. Um, they're in a in really not that difficult of a conference. They're going to have to deal with uh, not. I shouldn't say conference. I should say division. Um, they're going to have to deal with a lot of other talented teams. But of course, they have different schedules to play too. And we're still getting into. The, I mean, the, the the Broncos and Raiders at this at this point should just be free victors. Just be able to sweep it inside there, and you have tough ones. You drop that first one of the Chiefs. You're gonna to have to find a way to split with the Chiefs. But overall, there, I just I, again, I think those are incredible coaching failures and incredible team culture failures that are gonna to continue to uh, be downward trends. It could, it could get very ugly uh, for those two teams. But that's it for the NFL. Um, at some point, I'll have to make picks. I think maybe on this this World Series special, making picks. I think I'll. Uh, break it off my own and make some NFL picks of the week. Again, if you follow me on social media, uh, X slash Twitter, Rufus Run, I make a lot of my picks there. made my picks on LinkedIn as well, too. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn, so come connect. Uh, give me a follow on LinkedIn as well, too, as I progress into the work field. I like to post the podcast there as well. But there's plenty of homes for the show that you can find me. But again, like all that stuff's linked down below in the information to the video. But now we got some time for some NBA predictions. So, I got three teams for you. One that I think has the most to prove this season. Um, a team that really could surprise us. And then a final team that is just overrated and we really shouldn't be taking them seriously at all. So starting with the team with the most to prove, and I think this is probably the team with the most to prove. I think, uh, again, this is, you know, objectively, I guess everybody has their opinion. And there's a couple other teams that I will say were honorable mentions. And I say teams that are um, honorable mentions with the most to prove. The Milwaukee Bucks post literally trade have a lot to prove. The Lakers always have something to prove considering, you know, their core and what they're doing with LeBron James over there. And, and the Miami Heat, too, because the Miami Heat have been so, so close, and they've never been able to pull the trigger on these big deals. But everybody talks about Heat culture, and it's impressive. But what has it won them? It hasn't won them anything yet. Uh, it's won them a lot of uh, love and a lot of respect, but it hasn't won them a trophy yet. So they're under a lot of pressure, too. But overall, the team with the most to prove in the National Basketball Association is the Boston Celtics. And I think it's been them for a couple years now. Uh, it certainly is now. This is now Tatum's team. They've gotten rid of Marcus Smart. Um, there's not much depth there, but they have four superstars with the big four, uh, and they need to make this happen now. And it shouldn't even have took this long. I don't think it should take this type of lineup to do it. But I think you know, getting rid of Smart changes the dynamic of the team, and it, it should um, it should propel them to be able to do more because you know, I mean, I think the disconnect with coaching and the culture there too. I think that's uh, but. Again, it's really more of a player sport in the sense of basketball, too, with leadership in terms of how Coach Marcus Smart was over there with the clipboard. Of course, he bled green. He was a, a, a great part of the team in terms of the heart that he had and the tenacity. But I can go without watching a game and hearing the grunts and moans of Marcus Smart flopping all over the court, which now they're going to be um, you know, way, way, way more tougher on. So we'll see if he's still flopping as much in Memphis. Uh, with the technical fouls being given out for embellishment. But overall, it's Jason Tatum's team, and there's really no excuse anymore. Of course, see the opening night uh, from Porzingis. I think they'll figure out the rotations more, and everybody will you know, pretty much balance into touches. But 
Um, Jalen Brown didn't look good last night. It was only one game. We're not going to read into one game. I'm not reading into one game, but um, you know, you have the Jalen Brown, who's going to be one of the, you know the most expensive NBA player ever. Tatum's probably coming around to that contract as well too when his time comes. Um, it's a lot, and they're going to make up a huge chunk of the cap, and they're not going to be able to keep guys like Drew and Porzingis around, especially with the playing out. I mean, no, I don't think I've ever doubted Porzingis' talent. It's just the health that you begin to worry about with Chris Stapp's Porzingis. I mean, this guy can be, you know, Dirk Nowitzki blocks shots. He's a seven-foot-plus shot creator. I mean, he's an incredible talent, but can he stay healthy? That's really the only only big question mark with uh, Chris Stapp's Porzingis is a question of health, but... Overall, that's why I think that this Celtics team has to be now. You have the more efficient and I think overall better version of Marcus Smart and Drew Holiday, but you're going to have to, you know, work with Missoula, find leadership with what you have. It is undoubtedly Tatum's team now. What is he going to be able to do with it? I still don't think that he's been able to sack up enough in that leadership role and that nor emotional on court, physical embodiment of it. I just again, there's guys that have said it in the league, and of course, I think they know a little bit more than me too that have said it like around there. Um, like, this guy's going to be fine. I mean, they're not going to go out there and trash him. But there's also ways you can go out there and say certain things that he doesn't have it. Um, but, you know, whatever, wish him the best. So, overall, I think a lot of the Team USA guys like him and a lot of uh, super talented people have, you know, given their vote of confidence. But we're yet, we've yet to see it. I've yet to see it, at least. I mean, you've seen flashes of it, but I don't think we've ever seen, like, that stranglehold, that grip on it that you would want him to have. But we've seen other special players in the past and – until I see that, I'm not convinced of this team, and it's why I think that they have the most to prove this season. Moving on to a team that could surprise us, and I think we're surprising people last season when they were leading the West for a period of time, and one of the top teams in the West, and again, it's it's a question of health, and I guess that's the big thing here, and it's not the Clippers, it's the New Orleans Pelicans, again, one of the best teams in, less, in the West last year prior to Zion's injury, this guy... Uh, was looking like an MVP in some's opinion, and again, this is the you know this is a number one overall pick, Zion Williamson, an incredibly talented player, can score from all levels, is a physical freak, and again, this is someone who can sneak up on teams. They have a lot of talent in this roster with the likes of Brandon Ingram and him, and Herb Jones there off uh, as a defensive presence, and they have a lot of tools. They have a lot of tools to find success, and they can space the floor. Like I said, Zion Williamson's a potential MVP at his peak when he's healthy, but how long can he stay healthy for? He's a flawed mover. He's a flawed mover. He's, he's, it's not has anything to do with his weight. It has everything to do with how he moves and how the you know, force and energy move throughout his joints, and he does not do that in a healthy manner, and there's a lot of go-to breakdowns of it. And, of course, he's down in the world, and he can go seek the help, but Hasn't yet, but this team has everything in terms of the talent, in terms of having a special player, in terms of being young. I mean, you could see this, the Kings too, but the Kings are kind of already in the map from last season. I think having a player uh, in the way that Zion Williamson plays is unique. I think he's surrounded with the right pieces. And I can see uh, the New Orleans Pelicans absolutely sneaking up on not just you know teams out in the West, but sneaking up on teams in the NBA as a whole and and installing a new culture there, I can I can only see things going up if he stays on the court. If Zion stays on the court, that is the the, the big factor here. And of course, with Brandon Ingram as well, too, can they stay on the court? But not both. But like overall, of course, Ingram didn't have the best summer with Team USA at times. But in the, the day, if, if Zion's on the court, this is a team that I'm not I'm not saying they should win a title. I'm not saying that that, but they they certainly this is a conference finals contender. Um, with a healthy Zion Williamson, and I, I think we very well could see that. 
uh, this season. I, I don't think the expectations are there. I think people are starting to really fall off in terms of Zion's health and everything that went on. On top of that, with uh, the adult industry performers and the kid, and you know, a lot, a lot, a lot went on um, there. And you kind of don't take the Pelicans as seriously, but now the way I see it, um, those expectations are dialed back, and it kind of gives them internally something to prove. And uh, overall, you still have a uber talented group, and, and we'll see what. Uh, unfolds for this New Orleans Pelicans team, but I can see them easily running to a conference finals with the core that they have. Moving on to a team that is overrated and shouldn't be taken seriously. Um, you very well could think it's the Clippers because I had just mentioned them. Um, the Lakers were a thought of mine too. Those are two teams that I have actually thrown up there. Uh, if you want honorable mentions for teams that can sneak up on you again in the Thunder too, I guess the Kings in there too, but I guess they kind of already established from the run that they had last season. Um, you could even say the, the Warriors may be coming to this overrated conversation. But uh, it is the Philadelphia 76ers, and the James Harden soap opera is just... its More information is going to come out of it because Woj had just reported that they have to put him on an injury report or they have to disclose what it is because he's not traveling with the team now that we're actually in the season. Like There has to be some sort of documentation as to like what the deal is with James Harden. Um, I don't understand. Just move off of him. Even if you get like less talent, we're like like unleash Tyrese Maxey. You have an MVP in Joel Embiid. Maybe not should have been the MVP when you look at the end of the last season with Jokic and the Nuggets, but you have an MVP in Joel Embiid. Um, they cannot be taken seriously until this James Harden so proper ends, until it goes away, and until he's off the roster, they will never win with him on the roster. They will not do it. They need to get him off the roster. I don't care where he goes. Whatever team that he's on will never accomplish anything great. He does not have the mental makeup to be a leading player on a dynamic championship roster. Does not have it. They've come so close, but he will never, ever get a team over the top, especially now at this point in his career with his body, with this, the physicality that he cannot provide in terms of aging, his ability overall, like, turning over, and his performance in big games. He does not have it. It will never be a part of a roster that achieves anything great. And you can start to say the same thing about Joel Embiid besides the drama. Dare I say they'll never win as long as they're led by Joel Embiid as well too. But you have to give him a chance to do it. I think you get, if you get Harden out of the equation, you might see something from the young kid Tyrese Maxey and how they can play the game. Again, you know, they play the game differently with Joel uh, Embiid having to slow the game down. So I don't know. Maybe Harden, you know, the pace is never going to match up. But at the end of the day, they're never going to accomplish anything with James Harden. The soap opera has to end. They should not be taken seriously as long as he's on the roster. And again, we're, we're, we're dancing into that territory with Joel Embiid as well, too. So, eh, I, uh, I really think Embiid's a talented player. I like seeing his style of play uh, still in the current NBA. But does it translate to winning basketball? Can he win? I, again, the Celtics are kind of a kryptonite for them as well, too. But they should have defeated them last year. Um, unable to. Um, in that you know, semifinals matchup. And I'll at least go on to almost get to the finals, if not for the Miami Heat. But again, the, James Harden, I, I think, is a true issue. He's more than just, again, like his team, like, I think Tobias Harris is out there saying, like, you know, they're not taking it personally. But at the end of the day, like, he's not reliable as a leader. He's not reliable as a player. He's not reliable at the talent level that he has. Like his talent goes out the window, but he's not reliable. And he's not a reliable person for this organization. Everything he said about um, Daryl Morey 
you have to get him out of there. You have to get him out of there. Even if you have to give up some talent, you still have an MVP in your roster, a young player in Tyrus Max. I think he's ready to take that next step if you give it to him. Uh, Tobias Harris certainly might fall into a different role. I wouldn't bet on Tobias Harris. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. But, you know, you're still a former, I believe he's an all-star. Tobias Harris, a former all-star. Yeah, either way, he's still really, really, uh, was really, really good at one point and had a defined role and maybe can define more of it as well. But I, I think letting Harden, getting Harden out of there, getting capital for him regardless of what it is, allowing Tyrese Maxey to take the next step and really relying on Joel Embiid to be that MVP um, is a route that this Sixers team has to go. And until then, they will not be taken seriously by me and they shouldn't be taken seriously by you. The, the, the final two things is, is related to the state of Michigan. And, uh, well, we'll start with the, with the Hitler video board at Michigan State. Yes, Hitler was on the video board at Michigan State. Uh, of course, Michigan has, um, I mean, every school has their Jewish uh, student body, but of course, Michigan, a little more up uh, in terms of that, in terms of their population. But everything going on in Hamas as well, I'm not going to make this political, uh, but everybody knows what's going on over there in that side of the world and anyways wish tv so wish tv here i'm reading that article from them michigan state apologizes for image of hitler on football stadium video board and of course i'll have the picture up to share with y'all as well and uh a picture this is from east lansing michigan wish uh tv the article by cody fisher a picture of adolf hitler was displayed on the video board at spartan stadium on saturday before michigan state took on the michigan wolverines the image was part of a trivia question asking where Hitler was born. Michigan State Athletic Director Matt Larson said in a statement, MSU is aware that inappropriate content by a third-party source was displayed on the video board prior to the start of tonight's football game. We are deeply sorry for the content that was displayed, as this is not representative of our institutional values. Uh, again, like what what is at this point? Because it, you know, with everything that's going on, uh, with Tucker as well too, like oh, we're just, it's a scandal after scandal uh, with Michigan State, but uh, they will not be using the third-party source going forward, and will implement stronger screening and approval procedures for all video board content in the future. Listen, I've worked the video board at Holy Cross. Like, there's no way this happens. Like, it, there's just there's a fundamental failure somewhere in the system. There's just no way this happens. No way this goes down um, the way it is. So. Anyways, I'll keep reading into the story. And on Sunday, Alan Haller, vice president and athletics director uh, of athletics, uh, vice president and athletic director at Michigan State, said that the involved employee has been suspended while the university conducts an investigation. He did not elaborate on the employee's position at the university. Said that before it was displayed, the video was not viewed in its entirety by anyone in athletics, exposing a failure in our process. The video was not part of a sponsorship and had no affiliation with any of our corporate partners or community, Haller said. The image of Hitler was part of a quiz from a YouTube page called The Quiz Channel, the university said. The university had been using videos from the channel before every home game. Prior to last night, the content has not been objectionable, the school said. It's just, it's never flying. Like, it would never, it would have never happened at Holy Cross. And I'm, it's just, it's not, I, I don't, like, having seen how the process works at the Division One level, like, we're not that big, but having seen how it works, um, what, what, how? I, I don't, I, I, it's insane. I don't understand how it happens. I, I get, I'm uh, not watching the whole thing through. I mean, it's only however 
like many, getting into hundreds of thousands of fans, 78,000 fans. I'm not, I'm not sure what the total attendance was. We're like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, we have to be better. You're using a third-party video source? They, uh, wait, no, I haven't, I haven't finished it all yet. Um, the creator of the quiz channel, which is the channel that they were using, Florisman Pallant, told CNN in an email that the university, in an email of the university, he did not authorize the university to use content from his channel. I was completely unaware of this and only learned content created by me was being used due to this occurrence, he wrote in the email. While I provide customized content packages for businesses, the utilization of my publicly accessible YouTube content for stadium entertainment is highly questionable, to say the least. In the wake of his quiz being shown on the video board, Van Pallant said his channel is receiving negative feedback. MSU's subsequent statement appears to allude to a third-party source, which seems to suggest the quiz channel as that very source. If that if this is accurate, that is unacceptable to me, as it is unacceptable for the quiz channel to bear reputational performance or financial repercussions due to MSU's unsolicited use of our content. So they're using it without checking in with the guy. They're just using it. Of course, it's out there in the world, but I mean, there's still copyright and everything like that. So they have now infringed upon someone, then put the blame on someone that they had infringed on his content. Meanwhile, it's all anti-Semitic related with it being Jewish. Of course, it wasn't like, you, you can't just delete history. I'm not like, but like, try to read the room with all the recent situations going on, like putting Hitler on a video board, like what? And then to backtrack yourself and not take any accountability and be like, oh, well, it wasn't even us. Like, sorry, like, we're, you know, someone messed up and then watch the video all the way through. But, like, here's the person who's making the video, so you should probably be blaming it. Like, no, 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 no. Like, you, like, you have, like, again, so, like, secret events here. Like, they make, like, this quiz. Like, he's making his content. You take it without talking to him and confirming with him, using it, obviously, for profit on your video board for events that make you money uh, with no confirmation with him. And then something comes up that you never even reviewed yourself because everything's been working so far, uh, fine so far with no communication with that person, so then you don't check through it, then it pops up, and you're going to say it's their fault? Like, no, like, you haven't done your homework. Like, you got to know better, considering, you know, the stage that you're on. It's ridiculous to blame it on that person. So, he defended the question about Hitler's birthplace as legitimate, but did acknowledge the setting was not the best place for it. The trivia question displayed at the stadium is a legitimate one, and it's imperative... We don't shy away from history's more dark facts. Nonetheless, I would certainly not have chosen this particular question for a live stadium audience. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you can't just delete history. Like, the question itself is not what's offensive. It's the setting that it was in, um, the timing of it with everything going on. Like, it's just, it's out of place. It's out of place. Like, keep, like, sports trivia, keep it a sports trivia, pop culture. But, like, where Hitler was born against Michigan, who has a decent-sized Jewish student body population, and with the events going on with Hamas right now and everything, like, it just it just doesn't seem right you know you'd like to do more homework it's not like an incredible reaction but like it's just like i don't think anybody like in their right brain like, holy cross would be like yeah like put the hitler thing up there of course the jesuit school i really like that too so but like i just don't understand how like in that process but again no one like reviewed it like i can't believe there's no review process like i know the guy that does at holy cross uh, that does a lot of the work leading into a lot of stuff that we put up on the video board i'm a part of being the camera on the video board um and, and know the directors like it just this is not something that like i just think would like consciously cross their mind so i think that it is true that they did not uh review this process i could not imagine someone like working there that would allow it i'm sure that there was someone that was supposed to review it and didn't do the job and that's why we're having this conversation and that's probably where more of the blame is gonna be on the person who reviewed it but like you know as a whole like taking it and infringing upon it and then throwing shade at some someone that you had no communication with to you, were you what you were using using it for 
and really using it for profit when it's not yours. Um, yeah, no, there, there's going to be some serious baggage for Michigan State on top of everything they've been dealing with um, even before that with you know, with the head coach, Tucker, and then um, even before that with everything going on with gymnastics. Like, it's, it's not been good with the uh, Mel Tucker stuff, with uh, going on before that. Uh, not good for Michigan State right now, and overall they're not winning. You know, so not not a not a winning program putting it together. And then it lets me transition into the Michigan football sign stealing, which is uh, is it stealing? Is it sign stealing, or is it just scouting? Again, this is every analyst and person in college football has commented, and this is not Spygate. They're not taping practices. Everybody can see it. Um, again, Deion Sanders spoke about it. Even if you know what signals, like what the signals mean, you still have to stop the play. I mean, you could tell someone what's coming in football, and you tell me, hey, Lucas, power's coming your way. I still have to fight off a double team from 700 pounds of man. It's not that easy. Um, there's, I don't understand why there's no responsibility on teams to change them. And again, it's like the MLB scandal where I'm sure every school is doing this, but it's deep. It runs deep. It runs very deep. And Jack Max been able to cover it uh, on Twitter as well. Got, uh, one of those, uh, one of the people who work for Barstool, he's covered it, covered it pretty in depthly, um, and and going over. I mean, this guy was um, this guy was a former Marine captain. He forwent going to Michigan because he wanted to coach so badly, there, knowing that it would make him a better coaching candidate if he was in the Navy, and he went to be a Marine Corps captain. You know, if he had a military background, I'd make him a better coaching candidate, which is overall just impressive. So, again, he goes that route, and again, Connor Stallions is, is the guy's name. I think I'm saying it right. Stallions or Stallions. He got accepted to Michigan, but didn't go because going to the Navy was better for his 15-year plan for coaching at Michigan. Uh, became a Marine Corps captain, eventually makes his way there, and again, like, since a young age, he's wanted to coach at Michigan and has now put together this entire plan. Now, there's continued updates of the situation that have um, – it, it goes deeper with – you know. and again, this is where we start to venture into sources. There is a, First and foremost, there is an NCAA investigation going on, and I'm not sure uh, the depths of it. And again, the only problem I have with the Astros thing was that they were using – electronical equipment but then again like i'm not i'm not just gonna believe again this is a time where offense was low in the mlb and you know pitchers were using sticky stuff and they were trying to get even and that's what they did and they did it better than anybody else and that's why everybody get upset that's the same thing with michigan it's petty um everybody you know even robert griffin's gone out to say that this is just scouting um and overall to you know change the signals or you have the signs up there like and even if you know what it is like you still have to play against it you still have to make the plays against it so it's if you're trying if this investigation is trying to find that Michigan is only at the level they're at because of it it is it's it's incredibly naive and stupid to think that that their success is solely coming from this I mean Harbor already suspended for other COVID related things which was some time ago overall I'm not sure what the investigation is going to find I'll be able to speak on it wholly the end of the investigation but from as it stands right now I think this is just an absolute witch hunt it's crazy I think every other you know big time school is doing this and finding ways and if they're not obviously there could be a correlation as to why they're not succeeding as much um I truthfully believe this is a process that's going on a lot of them again similar to my comments that I made uh with everything that went on with the MLB sign stealing scandal so overall I I don't understand why we're going at Michigan like this I'm sure every school is doing it 
and and their success i'm sure they're having success with it otherwise people wouldn't be complaining about it and they've had success overall which is a big reason as to why someone uh had to make this happen but yeah no i'm i'm just it's not it's not what's behind their winning it, it, it's it's part of the scouting and like, any of these analysts and guys are telling you that clearly it's been going on for a while um and and it's just a witch hunt at this point so that's all I got for everybody today. I'm, I'm going to close this one out. And again, be on the lookout for the MLB World Series, Major League Baseball World Series preview. We'll be talking to Andrew Winnie about that. So we'll have a guest. Uh, it's going to be pretty much back-to-back podcast uh, days. But, of course, the World Series starting will, will be uh, later today by the time this one is uh, – well, later – by the time this one is posted, the World Series will be starting tomorrow. By the time I record that one and post it, it will be starting later that day. So clearly getting close, not much time to – to work on it but that's everything i got here for you guys today be sure to follow the show like and subscribe follow if it's on any other platform outside of youtube and follow social medias that are below in the information this video on youtube it's at rufus rundown on twitter and instagram i believe it's the rufus rundown on tiktok if you're looking for that one of course the facebook page up there as well and the rufus rundown.com will get you to where you need to go as well but until next time boy rufus signing